Thank you. Morning, everybody. So this morning we are covering, co- not covering, well, we are covering, we're continuing our um, Moses story, as, as John so brilliantly already told. Um, so the title this morning is Back to Egypt, and that is in Exodus 5 to 14, the story of Moses physically returning back to Egypt and um, and asking Pharaoh to release the Israelites and, um, and all the plagues. So John has so brilliantly already told that part of the story. Um, Moses returned to Egypt as the Hebrew liberator. He returned there with God's authority as God's orchestrator of what God wanted to happen. And he was turning there to defy um, Pharaoh. But actually, Moses' journey to return back to Egypt started long before he physically set off walking. Moses' journey to return back to Egypt started back when he came face to face with God, when he came face to face with the the burning bush. And um, and in that time, God told Moses what he was calling him to do next. And Moses' very foundations were shaken. Moses had to come face to face with his past. Moses had to look at the very core of who he was and get all of that in order and in line before then he could continue God's calling. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at um, how Moses had to um, come face to face with some things, the foundations of who he was before he could physically follow out God's calling and that's the same with us when God calls us to do something when God asks us to do something when we come face to face with God um, we need to start the journey here in our hearts in our souls and start here in our minds with the things that we believe and the things that we've t- we tell ourselves um, so um, I'm going to do a really brief overview so last week Nat talked to us about um the burning bush and God's holiness. But we're going to do a really brief overview of the conversation back and forth between God and Moses. So, so God came to Moses in the burning bush and God said to Moses, um, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go back to Egypt. I, I'm, I don't want the Israelites to be um, slaves anymore. I want them to be free. And you are going to be the person that goes to Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh's not going to listen, but then he will listen because I'm going to be with you and I'm going to show him wonders. And you are going to lead the Israelites out of um, out of Egypt. So Moses's first response to that, so this is Exodus chapters three and four. Moses's first response um, to that is, oh, um, oh yeah, so, sorry, that was from before. So the, our hearts and minds need to be continually changed um, until the return of, of Jesus Christ. So that's in Philippians 1.6. 1, 6, 1, 6. And I was just thinking about this because I was thinking, actually, we come face to face with God when we first meet with God, when we first become a Christian. But this tells us it's a continual work. So it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for seven minutes. It doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for 70 years. The looking at who you are and looking at what God says and calls us to be is relevant to every single person in this room. Okay, so so God first says to Moses, this is what I want you to do. And um, and Moses' first response to God is, what? Who am I? Who am I to do that? Who, who am I? I'm not an Israelite. I'm not an Egyptian. Who am I? And he says, then he says, and who are you? Who on earth should I say sent me? Who are you? Who am I? I, I, don't, know what I'm, I don't know what you're asking me to do. And God's response to him is, I am with you. And I am the great I am. I am the God of your ancestors. That seems like, yeah, fair enough. But then Moses says... 
no one will listen to me. I've got nothing good to say. They won't listen to me. And this shows that Moses was uncomfortable with both sides. Moses, wasn't, Moses didn't think he had the Israelites on his side. He didn't think he had the Egyptians on his side. Nobody was going to listen to him. That's what he felt like. And God said to him, I will show signs of my wonders. Don't fear. I've got this. I've got this. We're doing this together and I've got you. And then Moses says, but I don't have the right gifts. I can't do this. I physically can't do this. I don't have the right gifts. And God says, who do you think formed your very mouth? Who do you think molded your tongue together? I, have, I did that and I will give you every single word to say. By this point, I imagine God's getting pretty exacerbated with Moses because he's like giving all these amazing answers. And Moses just turns around and says, okay, well, send anyone else but me. Anyone but me, please. I can't do this. And God so graciously turns around and says, Take your brother Aaron and I will be with both of you. Because God cares so deeply about what we, what we care about. So from these um, five responses of Moses's, we can see that Moses was really, really struggling with his identity. He did not know who he was. Moses was really struggling with his fears. He was full of fear. Um, they ruled him. They, they, they made him make the decisions, and um, they just took control of him. And he was also insecure in his ability, in his giftings. He didn't think that he had anything. So what we're going to do this morning is just briefly look at our identity, our fears, and our ability, and see what God can speak to us about today, about these three, about these three things. So we're going to start with identity. So Moses had a complex upbringing, to say the least. If Moses was brought in this day and age, we'd definitely say he had a dysfunctional childhood. Moses was born, so Becca briefly talked about this two weeks ago, Moses was born into a time where everybody, his age and his sex, was being slaughtered, was being massacred. Yes, and Moses was born in a time of fear. Moses was born into a time of death. Moses was born into a family where he was not allowed to be kept alive, so he was kept hidden. So there was fear, there was anxiety, there was pain everywhere. And then his mum sent him up the river to try and save him. Pharaoh's daughter found him, took him in and asked Moses' birth mum to look after him for a while. So Moses went back to his birth mum, but only for a short amount of time. So his attachments, which are crucial, were then broken when he then had to go and live in Pharaoh's palace and when he went and lived in Pharaoh's palace he was living in a completely different culture he was living as royalty he was living with different gods he was living with um, you know different foods different cultures different practices different traditions his entire world was shaken he went from being um, an Israelite to to um, like a ruler then completely different and also I was thinking when he was in the Israelite world it wasn't necessarily a happy time because he knew the time with that family was going to come to an end soon and also I wondered how the rest of the Israelites accepted him because they all lost their sons how come this son got to live I wonder whether there was resentment jealousy and anger towards Moses from his very community that he was living in um, so does it matter what his how his life started out does it matter how our lives start out yeah, it absolutely does. Our identity is so often formed by our very early experiences in life. And they can, they can have impacts on us and repercussions on us for years and years and years. Um, and do you know what? When Moses then made a, made a big mistake and murdered the Egyptians and fled to the desert, we don't know how he was in that time. He might have struggled daily, but equally 
He could have been absolutely fine for those 40 years. He could have been fine burying his head in the sand and just kind of staying as, some, as, as a runaway, staying as, as, um, as, yeah, as just kind of ignoring it and being in denial. But actually, God had more for him and God has more for us. God doesn't want to leave us where we are. God constantly wants to call us to more, call us to what he's got in store for us. Um, so with, um, with God wanting him to, be, to step into more, God had to take him right back to basics. Moses had to face his past. Moses had to um, bring all, all the things to the forefront so he could work through them. And, and, and create a solid foundation. Moses had to go back to old wounds and look at them and address them so that then they could heal properly. Because actually, we can't be on rocky foundations when, we're caught, when God's calling us to move into more and step into more things. And sometimes denial can be less painful initially. So just ignoring it might actually be less painful at the minute, but in the long term, it's not going to be less painful. And if we... Um, we might be fully aware of where our identity is and it might be in a good place or it might, it might be in God and in who God says we are. Or actually, we might be aware that we're working through issues in our identity. But equally, you might be not aware at all. You might be completely unaware. Maybe it's something you've never really even thought of. It doesn't matter whether you're aware or whether you're unaware. It doesn't make it any less real. It doesn't make it any less true. We need to know where our identity lies um, and we need to be able to face it and move forward. It was important that Moses faced it right then because he led the Israelites out of Egypt and his identity was going to be tested and tried and tested and tried by those Israelites again and again and again. And if Moses had any shadow of a doubt of who he was, he would have crumbled because they really pushed him to his limits. It is important that our foundations are solid, that we know who we are, we know what God calls us to be. So I don't know who you, who you are. I don't know what circumstances you were born into. Maybe you were, um, maybe these are things that have happened in your childhood, or maybe these are things that have been told to you since. Maybe you were told that you were a mistake. Maybe you were told that you weren't loved. Maybe you were told... Um, that you are an outsider, that you are too much for anybody. Maybe you were told that you are never going to be good enough. Maybe you are a victim and you've always been a victim and you always will be a victim because nothing ever goes right for you. Maybe you are somebody who can earn your place. You can only be there if you strive, earn and do it for yourself. These are all things that are not true. These are all things that is not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that our identity is in God, that anything old has been made new. So anything in your past can be made new and refreshed and restored with God. You are God's masterpiece. You aren't a mistake. A masterpiece isn't a mistake. A masterpiece is something that is planned and, and uh, like thought through and every detail is planned to perfection. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created. You weren't, a, you weren't a mistake. You weren't unloved. God knew who you were before the world even existed. You were chosen. God deliberately chose you to be here in this time and this age. That is your identity. So if any of the things that we said about identity aren't fully in God, we need to get, grab hold of the verses of truth. The Bible tells us the truth and use, and use them to form our identity. Okay, fear. Moses' next, next 
response to God, a next crack showed that he was afraid. He was afraid of man and what man said, and he was afraid of failing. And both actually were rooted in truth. In Exodus 2, it tells us that when he tried to defend the Israelites, he, he saw an injustice and tried to defend the Israelites. And then he saw a, um, an argument between two Israelites, and he tried to be the helper between them. He tried to lead them um, into, into a better place. And the man's response was, who made you the prince and judge over us? You're, basically, they're saying, you're not our leader. We're never going to follow you. Moses' fear of the, of the Israelites not listening to him was based in truth. Um, and actually what's interesting is that and his fears then came true also so Moses said um, let my people go and Pharaoh said no 10 times so again and again and again he was failing at what God was what he what he was meant to be doing leading the Israelites out and again um, he also the Israelites um he, Pharaoh said no, and not only did Pharaoh say no, but Pharaoh made life so much worse for the Israelites. And in that time, the Israelites despised Moses, and they said, may the Lord look at you and judge you, because what you have done has made us um, odious in the sight of Pharaoh, made Pharaoh hate us even more. What are you doing? So Moses' fears not only were rooted in truth in his past, but actually they came true. So he was failing, and his past mistakes um, were, were, I imagine, coming to the forefront of his mind. So what we know is that Moses previously saw an injustice in how the Israelites were treated. He saw that. He felt it. It burnt within him. That was something that God had placed with him. He saw it, and he did not like it, and he tried to do something about it. But he tried to do something about it in his own strength. And in his own strength, he, he made a fatal error. He, he murdered somebody, and that's never right. That's never okay. And so what he did was he ran away from that. He left that feeling, that fire that burned and thought, Do you know what? I was wrong. I got that wrong. I'm not going there. I'm not going there again. His intentions were good, but his actions were completely out of control in that time. And I just thought it was so true. Often our fears, we could say that they're just perceived fears. They're not true. They're not real. But often our fears can be real. They, couldn't, they can be rooted in truth. They can be rooted in things that we've experienced in the past. They can be rooted in things that are happening around us right now. So kind of what are your fears? What are the things that paralyze you, that stop you from moving forward with God, from stop you from um, what God is asking you to do? Because whatever they are, whatever they are, whether they are real or whether they are perceived, we can put them in line with God. We can put them in perspective with God. Now, God is the creator of the entire universe. God is um, already victorious in the battle. God is um, the, like, the ruler of the entire universe, but he cares so deeply about you. He cares so deeply about you. So whatever the lies that you are being told, whatever lies that are binding you from freedom, the Bible tells us the truth against those lies. The Bible tells us that we do not be, need to be frightened because God is fighting our battles for us. It tells us um, that we don't need to fear because God has called us by name, God is with us. We do not fear because he is with us and that he is our strength and our refuge and always, always with us. So your fears may be real or they may be perceived, but we don't need to feel fearful because God's got our backs. God has got it covered. Um, and finally, we're just going to look at um, ability and gifting. 
So Moses had, a, had some kind of speech impediment. Moses wasn't confident in speaking and God was asking him to come and speak in front of Pharaoh, to come and speak in front of crowds of people. And all could, Moses could see was the limitations of what, he, what was his immediate present. And what, he could, and what he was fixated on was the impossibilities of the future. He could not imagine standing in front of almighty Pharaoh and speaking eloquently and speaking clearly and, and speaking confidently when actually speaking was something that he was not good at. Isn't it interesting that God was asking him to bring the very thing that was his biggest weakness, the very thing um, that he hated right to the forefront. God was wanting to challenge that straight away, bringing it right to the forefront. Because you'd think if God was calling you to do something, God would call you to do something that was in your area of strength. You'd think if God was calling you to do something, God would call you to do something in your, in your preferred location. You think if God was calling you to do something, he'd call you to do it with your preferred demographic. But actually, tell that to David when he faced Goliath. That wasn't in his area of strength. Tell that to um, Daniel when he was in the lion's den. I'm pretty sure that wasn't his preferred location. And the same for Jonah when he had to go to Nineveh. That wasn't his, definitely not his preferred demographic. In fact, it was the opposite. God doesn't necessarily use our greatest strength because... God tells us that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Through our weakness, God's power can shine. God's God's power can come through. So God might be asking you to do things, not just where you've got giftings and where you've got ability, but God might be asking you to do things in the areas where you feel the most vulnerable, in the areas where you have to rely on God the most. And it's interesting because actually... God had gone before Moses his entire life. Yes, this wasn't Moses' strength. And it tells us in Deuteronomy that God goes before you and he will not leave you or forsake you. Moses, God had journeyed his entire life before him. Nobody else was in that special situation that, had, that both had the authority and understanding of an Israelite, but also had lived in as an Egyptian. Nobody else was in that position. Nobody else had fled out of Egypt and journeyed into the wilderness. Only Moses had done that. Only Moses had that, had that experience and that skill. So though the past wasn't necessarily um, what Moses thought was ideal and what he was running away from and what he kind of wanted a fresh start from, it's so interesting that God intrinsically interweaves our human situation and our past experience and uses it, um, uses it together in his plans and, and, and for the future. Um, Moses also, through this conversation with God and through this con- uh, con- uh, conversation and continually looking at his identity and his fear and his ability, was on his own spiritual journey to freedom. He himself, although he wasn't a slave in Egypt, he himself was bound and captured by these things. And God was helping him work through this to become free of that. And only once he was free of these things could he then lead other people to freedom. So often what God is calling us to do and what God wants us to transform in ourselves is not entirely to do with you. It's actually to do with others. It's actually to do with leading others to freedom. Because if you haven't fully been led to the light then you can't be trusted to lead others to the light fully. Does that make sense? You yourself have to be living authentically and truthfully in what, is, what God says um, in order to then lead others to the light. Um, so is there anything in your life that you might have written off as completely 
useless, worthless, a waste, a, a season of your life, a period of your history, a part of your kind of abilities and giftings that you might not have. You've written that off and said, oh, well, obviously that's, that's garbage because God can't use that. Is there anything, that, any kind of weaknesses that you've put aside and just thought um, and kind of put them to the back and thought God's not going to use that, God's not going to use that at all? Because again, we need to look to the Bible for the truth. God gives us gifts and talents, but God can also use every part of us. It tells us that we can, do we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. The Bible tells us that he gives us strength when we're feeling weary and gives power to the weak. It tells us that he will meet all of our needs and it tells us that nothing is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So the band's going to come up and we're just, I want to just spend a bit of time just thinking over... Um, over those three areas, over your identity, over your fears, and over your abilities. And we're just going to pray. And as we're praying, you might, already, you, you might already be on a journey with this. You might already know what God's working through and what God's speaking to you about. But as we um, pray, we're just going to ask God to bring anything to your attention, anything that's not of him, anything that doesn't come in line with what he co- says um, we're just going to ask God to bring them to the surface and we'd either like to pray with you or we'd like you to gather together with somebody you trust and pray with them. But it's not just going to be a fix one. It's not necessarily going to be a quick solution. It might be something that you have to have to. Um, uh, what's the word? arm yourself with Bible verses and you might have to repeat them again and again and again because it might take a while for you to change your ways of thinking. You might have, to, you need to have those verses ready for when you face battle and when you face those, um, when those fears come to fruition or whatever and you need to claim God's light and God's love into those circumstances. You may need to today go and sign up to the Freedom in Christ course or you may need to sign up to the um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course because like I said it's for all of us we are all on a continual journey of saying to God more of you less of me more of you less of me take away what's not of you and put what you say God because what you say is the most important thing let's stand up together and let's just pray God, I thank you that you, you show us the example of Moses. I thank you that Moses was an amazing leader. I thank you that Moses was, was a mighty man of you, that he led um, the Israelites into freedom. He led them through the Red Sea. He led them into the desert, God. He, he, um, you know, he, he got the Ten Commandments. He did all these amazing things, God, that, that we just might just see as too high or too out of our reach. But God, we thank you that Moses had exactly the same doubts as we have. We thank you that Moses' start wasn't ideal and so many of us can relate to that. God, we just ask now, is there, if there's anything in our identity, any root of the past, any words that have been spoken to us that aren't of you, any experiences that told us that we were not valuable and not not worth anything God I just pray that you just help us just bring those thoughts into our head right now God any of those thoughts that you might have had now I just ask that you just lift your hand and just release them to God and say God these are not of you These are not of you, God. I want to know your truth. 
and just grab just grab the air and just say God I'm holding on to what you say about me what you say is true what you say I am who you say I am in you God God we just lift up any fears any phobias that suffocate and bind us anything that keeps us awake at night anything that stops us from moving forward anything that it just and causes us stress and worry God again we lift them up to you lift your hands up of anything that has been brought to your mind that is not that is not of God and we just claim grab we just claim God your freedom from them we claim your strength we claim that it is done it is finished we don't need to fear because we have the creator of the universe in our corner fighting our battles We claim freedom from fears. We claim freedom from things that have bound us for years, God. And God, we just pray for all of our, all the giftings you've given us, God. Thank you for all the amazing things you've put into our hands. But God, those things that are in our lives that we see as weak, as vulnerable, as useless, as as no good to anybody, God, we thank you that you can weave them into our personal history, into our circumstances, into who we are, God, and you can turn them and use them for good. God, we lift up our weaknesses to you right now. We lift up our vulnerabilities, our our anger, our um, things that we feel that aren't of you, God, and we say use them, God, and we're going to grab the grab what you have in store for our weaknesses. We're going to claim that all things are in. um, all things are possible through you God we thank you Jesus that you care so deeply about every aspect of our lives thank you God that you are good thank you God that you care about us and thank you God that you bring freedom to every single person here God give us the courage to step into our freedom God give us the courage not to stay bound God, give us the courage to step out into the unknown and go for you, God. Give us the courage to follow you, God.